RTHK, the news at one o'clock with Barry O'Rourke. The headlines, mainland infectious diseases expert Zhong Shan says China's COVID strategy should switch from preventing transmission to making sure those infected do not suffer from serious illness. The government shortens quarantine and isolation periods for COVID patients in Hong Kong and their close contacts from seven days to five. And Financial Services Secretary Christopher Hoy says property market cooling measures still have value, even as data shows home prices dropped 10.5% in the first 10 months of the year. Mainland infectious diseases expert Zong Nanshan has said that China's COVID strategy should now switch from preventing transmission to making sure those infected do not suffer from serious illness. He said the mainland's infection control had achieved remarkable results in the past two years, noting that infection numbers and deaths are far lower than in other countries. Professor Zhong noted that symptoms caused by the prevalent Omicron variant are on average less severe than those associated with older variants. He was speaking at a live-streamed academic conference. While the expert said infection control must be maintained, he noted it could have social and economic consequences if overdone. The government has shortened the quarantine and isolation periods for COVID patients from seven days to five from today. That's if infected people return two straight days of negative rapid test results. The same applies to their close contacts. Other social distancing measures and the face mask mandate remain in place, with health authorities stressing that the local epidemic situation remains serious. The move came a day after the loosening of COVID rules on the mainland. But the Undersecretary for Health, Libby Lee, says it's not advisable to compare Hong Kong's measures with other places. Different places have their own conditions like the healthcare systems, the affordability in the healthcare system in admitting or treating our patients, and also the vaccination coverage rate are different. So we just simply look at the pandemic measures and compare places against places. It's not comprehensive and it's not an objective tool. So what we should do basically is just look at the local situation to judge whether the COVID pandemic is under control or not under control. We should actually adjust our measures according to the local situation. Health officials reported 14,373 new COVID infections yesterday, the highest number since March, including almost 800 imported cases. Financial Services Secretary Christopher Hoy says property market cooling measures still have value, even as data showed home prices dropped 10.5% in the first 10 months of the year. The minister told RTHK that while interest hikes would definitely dampen demand for flats, the market is also affected by factors such as the wider economy and people's incomes. Mr Hoy said the government needs to consider a, a range of factors before deciding whether cooling measures should be lifted. The government says it's tabling an amendment bill to the Legislative Council to streamline land development procedures. Officials say it could slash the time needed to turn plots of land into so-called spade-ready sites from six years to four. Here's Joanne Wong. The Development Bureau also says for large-scale projects, such as new development areas, the time required will be compressed from 13 years to seven. The legislative amendments cover six ordinances relating to land resumption, land acquisition, reclamation, town planning, roads and railways. Officials say one of the proposals is to conduct different land resumption procedures at the same time. The government also wants to shorten the period for the town planning board to submit draft plans to the executive council for approval after receiving feedback from the public. The administration stresses that the time for the public to submit their views will not change. 
but after the two-month period is over, no additional comments will be accepted. A conservationist says heritage advisers have overlooked the historical significance of a veranda-style shop house in Chimsatoi that served as a spy base against the Japanese during World War II. The Antiquities Advisory Board said more evidence was needed to decide whether to upgrade the building on Nathan Road from a Grade 3 to a Grade 1 historic building, which would mean greater effort being made to preserve it. Paul Chan from Walk in Hong Kong told RTHK it would lobby board members about the building's heritage value. We are absolutely disappointed by the, by the discussion. It seems that the reason that, they, that the AB member downgrade the proposed grading is only merely on the point of authenticity, that they plan to visit, and there's a lot of alteration inside the building, which itself may not be untrue. But the thing is, the authenticity should not be a prevailing factor. President Biden is facing criticism over the decision to free a notorious Russian arms dealer in return for the American basketball star Brittany Griner. The Republican congressional leader Kevin McCarthy said the release of Victor Boot, widely known as the Merchant of Death, was a gift to the Russian leader Vladimir Putin and put American lives at risk. There's also been criticism that the former U.S. Marine Paul Whelan, who's in jail in Russia for alleged espionage, was not included in the prisoner swap. At a news conference, President Biden said work to release him would continue. Reuniting this Americans with their loved ones remains a priority, a priority for my administration, every person in my administration involved in this. We're going to continue to work to bring home every American who continues to endure such an injustice. This work is not easy. Negotiations are always difficult. There are never any guarantees. But it's my job as President of the United States to make the hard calls and protect American citizens everywhere in the world anywhere in the world. In a watershed moment for the gay rights movement in the United States, the House of Representatives has voted to protect the right to same-sex marriage at a federal level. The Respect for Marriage Act was prompted by fears of a move against marriage rights by the conservative-led Supreme Court. The BBC's Namir Iqbal reports from Washington. The right to same-sex marriage is still protected nationwide due to a landmark Supreme Court ruling in 2015. But if that were to fall, the regulation of same-sex marriage would be turned over immediately to individual states, in the same way abortion rights were after the court overturned Roe v. Wade over the summer. The bill managed to attract decisive bipartisan majorities in both the Senate and the House, reflecting a significant shift in American culture on an issue once considered politically divisive. A British court has handed down an eight-month suspended prison sentence to a U.S. citizen for causing the death of a motorcyclist in the U.K. Anne Sakoulas, whose case caused a diplomatic row, was not present at the hearing in London but attended remotely. She pleaded guilty in October to killing Harry Dunn in 2019. Sakoulas, who's the wife of an American diplomat, collided with the 19-year-old while driving her car on the wrong side of the road. Outside court, Harry Dunn's mother, Charlotte Charles, criticised Sakulas for not appearing in court in person. She should have been there. We would have been. I think it's despicable that she didn't come over on the judge's orders. Huge coward. We had an option at the beginning of all of this to take things laying down and have Harry's life swept aside or we stand up and fight and you face every hurdle. We didn't back down because we have values. The British government is due to announce a major overhaul of the financial services industry in an attempt to revive economic growth. The changes are expected to include a loosening of rules on banks introduced after the crisis of 2008. Here's the BBC's Simon Jack. 
Plans to relax many post-financial crash regulations will be presented as a significant example of the government's post-Brexit freedom to tailor regulations specifically to the needs and strengths of the UK economy. Rules that forced banks to legally separate their retail lending arms from their riskier investment operations will be reviewed, as will rules governing the hiring, monitoring and sanctioning of senior finance executives. Industry insiders have told the BBC these have proved a break on attracting top talent to the UK. Romania and Bulgaria have expressed disappointment that the European Union is continuing to bar them from the passport-free Schengen zone. They were blocked by Austria and the Netherlands. One senior Romanian politician described it as a Christmas present for Russia's president, Vladimir Putin. Yiva Johansson, the EU Commissioner for Home Affairs, said she too was disappointed. I can feel the disappointment of the uh, citizens in Romania and Bulgaria, not at least taking into account all they have done and are still doing to support Ukrainians fleeing the war, protecting the borders, protecting our values. They have fulfilled all the requirements necessary. They deserve to be part of Schengen. And we are waiting for you to be full members of Schengen. Croatia is being allowed to join from the start of next month. The decision means the world's largest free travel zone will soon comprise 27 countries. Most are EU member states, but Iceland, Liechtenstein, Norway and Switzerland also participate. US trade regulators have taken legal action to block the tech giant Microsoft from buying the leading gaming company Activision Blizzard. It's the latest sign the Biden administration is taking a harder line on trade competition. Here's the BBC's Stefan Powell. Activision Blizzard is one of the industry's biggest players, producing blockbuster franchises like Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. The Federal Trade Commission is concerned that if Microsoft takes over those titles, it will be in a position to restrict competitors to its Xbox consoles by limiting access to future releases. At the moment, many of these games are available on multiple devices and the Commission wants it to stay that way. Microsoft and Activision Blizzard are arguing that the deal is good for players and have recently announced plans to work with other platforms like Nintendo. Luis Enrique has lost his job as manager of Spain's national football team after failing to take them past the last 16 at the World Cup. Spain were ousted by Morocco in a penalty shootout on Wednesday. Spain made a promising start in Qatar by beating Costa Rica 7-0 to open the group stage, but only managed two goals in the three games that followed. Enrique will be replaced by José Luis de la Fuente, the under-21 coach. Portugal's Football Federation has denied that Cristiano Ronaldo threatened to leave the World Cup. Portuguese media claim the forward made the threat after being told he would not start in the team's last 16 match against Switzerland. In the previous game against South Korea, Ronaldo reacted angrily when he was substituted. More from the BBC's Maz Faruqi. Really quite astonishing language that they used. The FPF clarifying that at no time did the captain of the national team, Cristiano Ronaldo, threaten to leave the national team in Qatar. He's built up a unique track record every day at the service of the national team in his country, which must be respected and which attests the unquestionable degree of commitment to the national team. This, of course, comes off the back of him getting dropped to the bench for their 6-1 win over Switzerland in the last 16. We knew then perhaps that we're not entirely sure what his place within the team would be. Santos saying there is still a part for him to play, but whether or not that's a place in the starting 11, certainly with the captaincy as well. This statement, though, today from the FPF, obviously trying to play a straight bat to all those rumours, but it really is interesting, isn't it? All the noise surrounding Portugal at the moment. 
And Portugal will face Morocco in the last eight tomorrow. That's followed by a clash between England and France. England's Raheem Sterling is to return to the World Cup ahead of that quarterfinal match. The Chelsea player had flown back to Britain on Sunday after a break-in at his family's home. He missed England's 3-0 win over Senegal in the round of 16. The first quarterfinal match is set for 11 o'clock tonight, Hong Kong time, when Brazil kick off against the 2018 finalist Croatia. The late game has Argentina up against the Netherlands. The Cincinnati Bengals have shot up to fifth in the NFL's power rankings following last week's victory over the AFC-leading Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals, who lost to the Rams in the Super Bowl last season, are going for a fifth straight win after a slow start. They host the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Our U.S. sports commentator, Ray Jovanovich, says strength at quarterback is the Bengals' key to success. The Cincinnati Bengals, winners of four in a row as the defending AFC champions, are finally back to playing at a Super Bowl-caliber level. The key right now for the Bengals is that they're protecting Joe Burrow, their, their star quarterback, much, much better. Remember, Burrow was the most stacked quarterback in the NFL last year when the Bengals made it all the way to the Super Bowl, just barely losing to the Los Angeles Rams. This year, early on, again, Bengals could not protect Burrow, but the last four games, five games, they've done a much better job, and when Burrow is protected and given time, this team, the Bengals, are definitely, definitely one of the top teams in the AFC. In cricket, pace bowler Mark Wood has returned to the England team for the second test against Pakistan, which has just got underway in Multan. Wood replaces the injured all-rounder Liam Livingston in the only change from the side that won the first test. England will seal their first series win against Pakistan outside the UK in 22 years if they win this test. And a short while ago, Australia were 391 for three on day two of their second test against the West Indies in Adelaide. Manus Labushanga and Travis Head were both at the crease on unbeaten centuries. And now to the weather. It'll be fine and dry today with a maximum temperature of around 23 degrees with moderate northerly winds. And the outlook, mainly fine over the weekend. Cool in the mornings, temperatures will drop and it'll be cloudier early to midweek next week. And currently the temperature at the observatory is 22 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 59%. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Mainland infectious diseases expert Zhong Dan Shan says China's COVID strategy should switch from preventing transmission to making sure those infected do not suffer from serious illness. The government shortens quarantine and isolation periods for COVID patients and their close contacts from seven days to five. And Financial Services Secretary Christopher Hoy says property market cooling measures still have value, even as data shows home prices dropped 10.5% in the first 10 months of the year. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3.
gotta get out of this place from 1998. It's 19 minutes past one. Good afternoon. In about 10 minutes, we're going to whiz off to Singapore. Chef Neil Tomes is at his mate's kitchen. He's got all sorts of toys to play with, and he'll show you how to make something from scratch. So do join us on the Brews Facebook page as well. Can you move like that? Huh? 